be lovely to, to go there. Not only does the soul never die, all them aches and pains we got down here, uh, the, the pain I felt in my ankle when I just stood up here, oh, let me go on, okay? As, as Brother Fraser said, shock trauma would have gone out of, I'm sorry, you won't have no more job, uh, my sister. You looking at me, yeah, yeah. But we don't need, had, had no need for hospitals and nursing homes and none of that, okay? But, 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 but that'd be a glorious day when we, we, all those things will be wiped away from us. Amen, amen. I want to thank Brother Josh for uh, leading us in song and those, Brother Eric, for taking part in the communion portion and Brother Menace uh, for the communion. And thank you for being here. Amen. We're just glad to see you. Glad that you come out to hear a word from the Lord. I, I had to do an audible, as Brother Darren said, on the, on the text. I was coming from another text. Uh, and, you know, sometimes as preachers, sometimes we, we might do messages in the past and and, and then we think, you know, well, hopefully this can bless somebody. You know, let me let me take one of them ones I used in the past and and and, and use it, uh, and it might help somebody. And I, I like what Brother Thea said this morning that that sometimes the whole message might not be for you. Okay, I, I might say a line in here or two that you know that was for you. You know. And not because I knew you was going to be here, but because God knew you was here. And, and, and some, some, we've had people that's been going through issues in their life. And, 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 and because they had a talk with Matthew and told him about the issues they was going through. And the Holy Spirit said, well, look, part of this message is going to be to that person that talked to him yesterday, last week or whatever. And then when it's preached from up here. They swore that he told me about their issue and I ain't had nothing to do with that. Amen. That Holy Spirit say, no, you, you need to hear this today. Amen. So, so whatever part, I, I pray you take something out of here that you can use in your life and, and, and that it bless you. In the text that was read into your hearing in Acts chapter 4 and verse number 13. And, and it, it reads like this. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Brother Eric, when he read, he said, that's it. You know, that, that, that is it. You know, you don't need no more than that. When, when, when somebody, when somebody can look at you and look at your lifestyle and come up with and perceive that you've been around Jesus. That, that's a big thing. That's it. That's what we want. That's what we want. You know, I've told y'all about, about that mirror. Every once in a while, you need to take that mirror test. You know, mirror, mirror on the wall. Can you see Jesus in me at all? You know, see, see that's what they're seeing in you when they perceive that you've been with Jesus, not, per, you know, been with Jesus through his word. Amen. That they can see it being manifested in your life. And that's what that, that's our whole goal is to, to take Christ 
to other people. Sometimes they're not going to sit down and listen to you doing a lesson with them. But they can perceive by your lifestyle there's something about them that I need to talk to them. I need to get closer to them to find out who made this change in their life. It might be people knew you from the past and said, you're not the person you used to be. You say, yeah. yeah. It wasn't because of me. It's because of the, the one that I got close to. So, so we supposed to, our lives are supposed to be used because we're just reflectors, light reflectors. None of this light coming from us is reflected from God through us and, and hopefully to, to other people who are in need of their lives being changed as well. Do you all remember a statement from 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 the past for some of y'all that it, it, it might have been when you was a teenager or you was a younger age. Some of you might have been adults, but but you somebody said the phrase to you, I dare you to do this that or the other. You know, some, some of y'all been dared to do, do some stuff in the past. And see, in, in my day, it, it wasn't just a dare. It, it was a double dog dare you. You know, yeah. It was a, it was a double dog dare you. See, and, and, and see, if a regular dare didn't work, then they would use a double dog dare, you know, you to, to, to get you to move to action. See, very rarely, if ever, would a person let such a dare go unheeded. See, they, they, they double dog there. You see that? that? That was right up there in your face. You, I, can't, I can't let this one pass, okay? You didn't really challenge me now, okay? But you know what? I, I, I'm a person that, that like to be accurate with, with, as much as I can with my facts. I'm, I, I'm not going to give you fake news or fake facts. But... but I, 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 every once in a while when you hear these statements and stuff, I like to go back and find the origin of these things. Where did that come from? You know, why, where, you know, where did that originate? And, and, and I tried to look up this, this double dog, dare you, where, where that came from. And I searched and searched and searched. And, and it was more to it than what I thought. Okay. See, see it, it, it started with just a dare. I dare you. And then it went from I dare you to I dog dare you. Just I dog dare you. And then it went to I, I black dog dare you. And then it went to I double dog dare you. And then the, the top was I double black dog dare you. Now, I don't know. And even even in the research of this, I don't know how dog got in there. What, what significance dog plays in it. But it was just in there. OK, but 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 anyway, that that was. Uh, and, and like I said, from my knowledge, all, all I've heard, ever heard was the, the top one was uh, I double dog there. You, but 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 there, it, it, I found that it was more to it than that. But but anyway, sometimes. We need that in our lives. So so first of all, let's understand what a dare is. A dare basically is a challenge. Webster defines it as this, to have courage or the audacity for some act, to be fearless, to do something hard or dangerous, and to venture upon. Okay, so when somebody is daring you, this is what they are trying to get you to, to uh, believe, okay? And from this definition, we see that there can be 
a good use, a valid use for a dare sometimes. It is not limited, nor should it be limited, to games of children or crimes of adults. In this sermon, I want you to focus upon the phrase, I dare you, which is the title of my lesson. See, I'm using it in in a sense. See, when we look at this text here, and, and, and Brother Bethia, his text came from early in it. These were the same men that he was preaching about, Peter and John. And later on, the, the council and, and all the people around them, because after they had did God's work on this man, and, and, and this was very significant as, as uh, I had to talk with Brother Josh afterwards. You know, see, and, and like I say, different people get something different out the message. See, th- th- this man was lame from... From birth, okay? This wasn't like those televangelists that you see on TV that they, they, they have a whole audience out there and they got somebody that they paid to come in here. They, they, they put them in a wheelchair backstage and roll them on out here and then they go through all their theatrics and hit them in the head and, and, and all that stuff and they jump around and everything and they get on 20 dollars on their way out, okay? And, and don't nobody, never seen them before or what, but, but the significance of what they did is that, and, and that's why when, at the end of his message, I said, we got to add these two because it was some meat, still meat on that bone that you know, he, that he, he left off there, you know, because it talked about how all the people, they knew who this guy was. This wasn't nobody just popped up. Everybody had been used to seeing this lame man. So they know this wasn't no fruit. This man had been lame all his life. And then they see him leaping, jumping, praising God. So they know that this was an act of God, you know. And it said, because of this, they were in wonder, wonderment. They was in awe of this happening. So, and, 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 and this is why I picked this text, because it says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, this ain't come from them. They said, look, these are just average Joes. You know, they ain't got no trick up their sleeve or nothing. You know, they, 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 they got it. They got it, the fact that these men... They said they, they marveled when they, they, they saw who it was that was doing this. It said that they marveled and they took knowledge or perceived of them that they had been with Jesus. Only way they could be doing this stuff is that Jesus was working through them. So as, as Brother Mathia was saying this morning, will people say that about us when they see us? Well, well because we, and I'm not calling you, unlearned or ignorant. Ignorant doesn't mean that you void of facts, okay, void of something. But but when they see that we we didn't graduate what is it, Kumo Sunlati? With Magnum Magnum Kunlati? Yeah, there you go, there you go. Some some of them is Lord have mercy, you know, that I that I pass. But but when they see you didn't pass at the highest in your class and great things God is using you to bring people to him, then God's supposed to get the praise. We're we not supposed to poke our chest out like it was all because of me, but, but will, will, will people be able to see that in us? See, we both, Christians and non-Christians, need to be challenged to action sometimes. 
See, sometimes something must move us. Maybe a dad will do it. We don't know, you know, but I, I, I dare you this evening to consider the follow, following statements that I'll make and then act upon them. See, I, I, just be attentive to it is it, not enough. Be attentive with a readiness to apply where it can bless your life and, and that it can promote God's will. The first day, I, I dare you to consider the condition of your soul. See, first of all, we were created in God's image. That's what the Bible tells us in Genesis 1 and verse 27. And then it, we were separated. In that same book of Genesis, we were separated from God by our sin. And Isaiah 59, 1 and 2 tells us about that separation. See, your soul, as a result of that separation, your soul will be punished eternally if you are not redeemed by the blood of Christ. See, so that makes us understand that how important that redemption of Christ is in our life. Otherwise, we're the walking dead. We're on our way to death. We, we, we're on death row without that. Jesus stated that fact in John 8. He said it in 8 and 21. He said, you shall seek me. He said, but you shall die in your sins. If you don't believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So all them ones that's going around, oh, I don't believe in that Bible. I, I, I don't believe in organized religion. I'm, I'm just spiritual. You know. See, when, when people tell you that, you, you hear that. Spiritual. I, I'm spiritual. I, I'm not a Christian, but I'm spiritual. You know. And, and, and a lot of, when I hear that, I, I'm wondering, where? Where is this coming from? You know, see, that's just that's just don't don't push this down. my throat. Don't push that Bible down or whatever your belief is. Don't push that down my throat. But I'm just going to do my thing. I'm going to do me. OK, but I'm, I'm spiritual. And I, I yeah, they, they all realize, yeah, they are spirit. They are spirit. <laughs> and, and outside the, the Bible, a lot of people don't even realize that they have a spirit. Because they think, some people think when they die, it's all over with, you know. They dead and like Rover, you dead all over. But, you know, no, you're not dead all over. You, you're separated from that house you was living in. And now that, that eternal or spirit part of you has, has to deal with eternal life after that. So we, we have to realize that what Christ, what Christ uh, uh, did for us how important that fact is in, in our life. See, the need for salvation for a Christian is the fact in, in itself. We have a need for salvation. And, and then secondly, I, I dare you to consider the love that God has for you. See, oftentimes we, and I've said it before, back in the day we, we heard those uh, fire and brimstone preaching okay about how you're going to hell if you don't do this and that okay and for some people that was enough to run you in here okay people, oh I'm scared oh they said I'm going to hell I know I've been living a wretched life and I need to come to church okay that they thought that was the salvation but see once you get in here and you get bored and 
You, you're just a spectator. You, you, you just come here and occupy a seat. And, and then you, you yearn for what you, your old life, what you did. See, because one thing, you never changed your life. You kept your old life. You didn't do the basic training of Christianity and get renewed in your mind so the transformation can happen. So if no, no renewal of the mind, no transformation, so you're still working off the old tape. And then you say, well, I'm going to hang out this weekend because I ain't been around my old crew for a while and they invited me. They told me, leave my wallet at home and I, I don't need them. Just show up. And, and, and I show up and, and have a ball, you know, and, and I, I feel guilty for about half a second. And then I say, well, I repent about that Sunday. And you go and do that and you repent about it. And then nothing, no lightning bolts come down and hit you and nobody expose you in the congregation. And then you say, oh, OK, well, I guess, you know, I guess I'm all right, you know, so. And in the next two weeks or three weeks, you, you get another offer. You say, well, nothing happened the last time. Maybe I can do it again. And see, see, and, and the more we do it, the easier it gets. See, the first two times we, we think, oh, boy, I hope nobody, I hope Josh or I hope nobody see me out here. I hope, hope uh, Matt don't see me. I'll be out there on the floor, you know, throwing, hey. You know, doing all that, and I see some Christians up in here. You know, see, I, I be busted then. So that's how we feel the first time, but after the second, the third time, and, and the fourth time, when, when when we go out there and and, and the guilt then gone now. You know, say, I wish one of them would say something to me out here. I'm asking them what you doing here. You know, so see, so see, the guilt is gone. See, if Satan wants you to. He, that's what he wants in you. He, he wants you to, to not be worried about a challenge from like-minded folk. So, so, so then we, we think it's all right to, to keep on doing what we're doing. But, but, but getting back, see, when we think about the love that Christ demonstrated for us, see, being scared, once, once we get up here, being scared is not going to keep you in here. Especially after you live that life that I was just talking about. See, once you ain't scared no more, then I'm going back out there. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to live like I want to do. And don't let me hear a sermon about once saved, always saved. See, see now, that's carte blanche to do what I want to do. But see, what, what, what God wants you to realize, in, in John 3, 16, he says, he loved you so much that he gave his only begotten son for us. And, and then I like what Romans 5 and 8 tells us. Say, he didn't wait. Look, look, look what Romans 5 and 8 says. I, I want to read this one. I pray that we, we write them down and if we don't read them now, we read them later on when we leave here. But we shouldn't just listen to a sermon and then forget it before we can get out the door uh, on our way home. See, in, in Romans, the fifth chapter, and, and beginning at verse six, it says, for when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. That's before we became Christians. It says, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure, 
perhaps for a good man. Some would even dare to die. But God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't even wait for us to get better. He said, while you are a mess out there, I'm sending my son to die for you. That's how much I care for you. And, and, and God intended for his love to move us to obey him and want to obey him. See, when we consider the kind of love that should motivate us to do God's will, he already demonstrated that to us. Not only there did he demonstrate it in 2 Peter chapter number 2, 2 Peter 3, excuse me, and verse 9 Second Peter, verse chapter three and verse nine, and it says, "The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance." Now, see if you just read that line, you won't even get the whole gist of what what, what that just said. See, because one through nine talks about our wretchedness in times past. And God made promises back in Noah's day that he was going to destroy the world. And he allowed the preacher to preach for 120 years to warn the people. And, you know, it was a lot of people that didn't listen to that message. And it was eight souls that were saved in that time. Well, since then, since Christ came and redeemed us, he gave us another message. He said, my son is coming back. And because it's been 2,000 plus years, see, you, you know how we were talking about this in Thursday class. You know how you make a promise? Well, I'm, a, I'm talking to the parents now, okay? You, you know how... Your kids act up and, 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 and you promise them you're going to get them a whipping later. Well, I got to talk to the old school parents over here. I can't, I can't, I can't. Y'all give timeouts. Y'all say, y'all say, get upstairs and, and go to bed and I'll be up there later on. You know, and if you don't say it now, you had to say it to you. Like, you know, and then. And then you up there, you shivering. You, 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 you say, boy, you, you wait and listen for them coming up the steps or, or whatever, you know, worried about this. And for some reason, you know, Papa, Mama, they tired from their day, you know. They, they, they've been moving around all day, and when they sit down, they shut down. You know, they sit down, get comfortable watching TV, next thing you know. They, they, they forgot all about that, okay. And, and you got to reprieve that night, you know. You, usually if they ain't get you that night, you, you might be good. You know, due to grace of God that you might have got. But see, see, and we thank God like that. See, we think he ain't been back in 2,000 years. We, see, 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 we, we, get, we get selective amnesia overnight. You know, if our parents forget to discipline us, you know, they ain't going to do nothing, you know. God's been gone. He, he, he made this promise 2,000 plus years ago. So he ain't going to do nothing. It's been this long, things going on as usual, and, you know, ain't nothing going to happen. But he said, God is not slack concerning his promise. He ain't forgot nothing. But see, what it said here, it said, he's not slack like, like mankind is. He said, but he's long-suffering. 
not willing for any of us. To pray. That's love right there. He's giving us time to get it right. He said, he, he, he forgot it. He said, but he don't want none of us to perish. He wants us to change our life around. See, and, and, and then the, the third there is I dare you to consider the death of Christ on the cross. See, in Philippians chapter 2, and chapter 2 and verse 5, begin at verse 5, Philippians 2 and 5. It says here, Philippians 2 and verse 5. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, this was God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. See, that's important right there. Don't, don't miss that. Okay, don't miss that verse right there. He said, took on a likeness of men. And he said, became in the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the fashion of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He did this because we were in need for this. Had he not done that, we'd still be in sin and, and be on death row. See, because what we don't realize a lot of times is our first parents, Adam and Eve, when they became separated because of sin, now God, God gave them a way of atoning, in quotations, for their sin. Didn't take it away gave them a form of atoning for it. But see, God required a sacrifice that was suitable of the one that committed the sin. In other words, if, if it came, sin came by mankind, then I need a sacrifice by mankind to appease me. And he started looking for it. He said, no, nah, sin over there. Sin over there. I can't find none. But see, don't get hung up on thinking this was an afterthought of God. See, that's what blows your mind is that he, he didn't wait until after we sinned and say, now I got, I got to come up with a plan for them. No, the Bible said his plan was already in place before he even made us. Made us or this ball of dirt that we live on before the foundation of the earth. This was his plan. That I'm going to make man, they're going to mess up. I got the sacrifice already. I got to, my son got to come down and die. For, see, because I need a sinless man to take away this sin. That they, they see, see, that right there. See, when you understand that, we, we had a debt. Y'all hear it all the time. We had a debt we couldn't pay. And, and, and he came and paid a debt that he didn't owe for us. Okay. And had it not been for him, his sinless sacrifice, we still be up the creek without a paddle, boat, or, or whatever, okay? So, 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 so that's the importance of what Christ said right here. And because he humbled himself, was found in the form of man, he couldn't do it in his form. 
He had to come in the form of the, the, the sacrifice that was needed, a sinless man's sacrifice. And, 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 then, and because he was willing to do that, look what verse 9 say. Verse 9 say, wherefore God has also, God also has highly, highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and in earth and things under the earth. And, and then it goes on. But this is. This is how God highly exalted him for him, humbling himself and doing his will. Amen. God, yeah. Amen. I mean, that's something that's something to, to praise God for, for his forethought in, in, in cleansing us and redeeming us using uh, Jesus, his, his sinless son. See, all the, and, and Jesus said in, in Luke 19 and 10, he, that was his purpose in coming here. He came to seek and to save those that were lost. See, John, his cousin, John, when he saw him, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. And lastly, I dare you to consider the need for obeying the gospel. In Romans 1.16, it tells us that, that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. See, salvation is, is, is the gospel, but, but it doesn't, you can't have it without Christ. See, the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ according to 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4. And see, our obedience, it has to be from the heart in baptism. We, we talk about this, how people are being fooled out here into thinking that you can, you can grab salvation out of the air. I, I ought to say they, they, they want to they, they want to say it and, and spray it, blab it and grab it, you know, and, and, and do these things and just, you know, name it and claim it and, and grab salvation. But salvation is not floating around out in the head. God has never left mankind to monitor himself. He always gave them a pattern. And if you don't go by the pattern, then what you think you got might not be. What, what God intended for you to have. Amen. So you just, I, I, I tell them, you, you see down at M&T Stadium and Billy Graham comes down there and he has a big old concert and fill the place up and he do an altar call and tell them to, that if, if you want Jesus in your life tonight, then, then, then repeat after me. Repeat this prayer after me. And then he goes through his spiel of Saying the sinner's prayer, I, I, Lord, I know I can't save myself and I've lived a wretched life. And it comes in all different forms. It's not one form for, uh, and, and I live a wretched life and, and, and I know I can't do nothing w without you. Please just come into my life and change me and, 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 and make me a part of you. And, and you, you can hear it in another form, but I don't care what form you hear it in, you're not going to find it in the Bible. See, that's the crazy thing about it is and you have a number of people leaving out that place. He telling them, he said, if you pray this prayer, then you become a Christian tonight. You are born again. 
You're born again. Now go join yourself to a Bible-believing church and, and worship God. No, see, you need to join yourself to a Bible-believing and preaching and, and, and acting on church before going down there. Amen. If you were, then you wouldn't be down there. But having people think that, that they were born again, when the book of Acts tells about conversion, and none of those conversions in there was done without water. But they think they could be converted, that Jesus was in the dry cleaning business, that they got cleaned or converted down there in the stadium when the word doesn't say anything similar to that. So we got to make sure that we read our Bibles to make sure that what we're doing is according to Scripture. Obedience from the heart, when it occurs from the heart, as 1 Peter 3.21 says, and he says, don't want to misquote it. I could quote it, but let's, let's, let's make sure that we saying it like it says. Then verse 20, 1 Peter 3, verse 20 and 21 say, which sometimes were disobedient. Talking about people back in Noah's days. And, and we're talking about some of us now today are disobedient. He said, when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a preparing, wherein few, that is eight souls, were saved by water. Verse 21, the like figure wherein to even baptism does also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. See, that, that baptism is important to get your sins washed away. See, I, I, I dare you to be involved in in all that God would have you to be involved in. See, our faith must be active each day if we want to please God. James 2.17 says, Faith, if it's not with works, is dead, being alone. See, some of us want to be Christians in name only. God has set up the church so that every member can do something according to 1 Corinthians 12, 13 through, he's given all of us talents to do. Everybody's not going to be a preacher. Everybody's not going to be a song leader. But see, you got a story to tell and you got somebody that you can reach around you. That's what Brother Bethia was talking about this morning. We got we to do what we can in our area that we operate in. And, and if someone is not seeing Jesus' light in you, that something is wrong with you. Not, not, nothing wrong with the light. It's something wrong with us. Something is dimming our light. So we ask you, will you take the challenge? Will, will you take the challenge of allowing Jesus to be seen in your life? I, I got more here, but because of time, I'm, I'm going to leave it alone. I'm just going to say, just as they were saying about Peter and John, that they looked at them and seen they were unlearned men. But will people look at you and see that you've been with Jesus? I, 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 I dare you to live a life that would make them see that. In fact, I double dog dare you to live that kind of life. See, see, that's what we that's what we need to, to, to be challenged sometimes to do that. But see, that'll put us on the spot. See, because we can't live like we used to live then. See, I. I can't be the one telling all the dirty jokes at the 
at the job. And I can't be the one laughing harder than everybody else about the jokes that somebody else is telling. See, I, I, I just got to live differently. See, now I got, once I put myself out there, now people are going to be watching me. And you call yourself a Christian. You know what you know, you know they say. When it's, and, and, and if they say that to you, that should be like a dagger in your heart. If somebody tell you and you call yourself a Christian. Because they're talking about your lifestyle then. They don't see Christ in you. So I, I pray that some part of this talk to you and, and dared you to live that life that would glorify God. Because he did enough for us that we should want to do that. I, I, I don't know about you, but for the 40 years that I served Satan before I came, became a Christian and, and God allowed me to make it through that, I said, whatever you give me after that, I'm yours. I don't have nowhere else to go. And I'm loving my Christian life. Amen. I wouldn't have it no other way. Brother, you going to come up here? So it... it if you're here and you haven't obeyed the gospel, then it starts by hearing God's word, believing his word, making up your mind. You, you got to be sick and tired of being sick and tired. You got to be, see, we got some Christians that's, that's like it, but, but if you outside and you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, then all you have to do is come on in. Then you can get the help that you need. See, and, and if you're on the inside and you're sick and tired, of being sick and tired, just your life hasn't been going right. And you got access to it. Brother Bethia was talking about that too, having access to blessings and, and not in you. See, some of us as Christians, we got, it's like having a, a black credit card, black American Express, they tell Yeah, that, that's the highest one, right? That's, that's like having that and don't even know the PIN number to, to it. You, you can't use that to get nothing. Okay, and, and that's how it is with, with some Christians. They got a black credit card and can't, don't even know the PIN number. They can't, they can't use it to, to get no blessings out of it. So, but if, but if, if you're willing to get access to that, then, then you need to confess the sweetest name on mortal tongue, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, be baptized for the remission of your sins, and then add it to the body, then live faithfully unto death. God said, now, I'll, I'll help you do all those things that, that you wanted to do, but I'm going to change them around that, that'll give me the glory. Amen? Josh, lead us in song. Have you been to Jesus for your cleansing power? Are you washing the blood of the Lamb? Holy trusting in His grace this hour. You washed in the blood of the Lamb. Are you washed?